Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Wouldn't it be great to have a man of Macedonia all your own? A vision from God to tell you what to do. When you're faced with a difficult decision and you don't know what to do. Should I take this job or or quit this job? What school should I go to? What am I going to do with my life? Should I marry this person? What if you had a, a man of Macedonia, a message from God to tell you what to do? Or if you were going in the wrong direction or doing the wrong things to correct you, to turn you back. Wouldn't that be great? Maybe. But what makes you think you would listen anyway? Paul did, but would you? I ask because God has already told us Lots of things to do in his word, and you don't do them. Things like love your neighbor. All of them. Not just the ones you like. Forgive others, even when it's hard. Do good to those who hurt you. Not revenge. And many others. So what makes you think this would be any different? Oh, now, if God's man of Macedonia agreed with you and what you want, then of course he'd follow, gladly. But what if he didn't? You really wanted this, but God told you that. Which way would you go? Really. Our track record on that is not good. That's why we begin every divine service confessing our sin. We didn't do what God told us to do. What he told us through his prophets and apostles. And now in these last days through his son. Well, one of those things God has told us to do is pray. The ancient name for this Sunday in the church here is rogate, pray. This is prayer Sunday. But not only has God commanded us to pray, Jesus has great and precious promises that he's added to our prayers, like the one we heard today. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. That's pretty sweet. And you'd think, you'd think with a promise like that, we'd be praying continually, asking for everything and then some. And I know you pray, I know you do, but how much? How often? Enough? Or do you give up? 
Because frankly, well, I know you've tried, but it seems that so often our prayers aren't answered. They aren't heard. They don't matter. That this promise we heard from Jesus today is an empty one. Lots of things we ask God for we don't get. They don't happen. So why bother? Well, the key to this promise, to these words today, is to know what it means to pray in Jesus' name. I think as children of God, we sometimes think of that in a childish way. Like when parents teach their children to say, please, when they ask for something, and if they forget, what's the magic word? please, and they get it. So as long as they say, please, their request has to be granted. And if it's not, but I said please, so you have to do it. So as children of God, of our heavenly Father, do we think that way? That as long as I say in Jesus' name at the end of my prayer, this promise is invoked, And God has to do it. Lots of pop religious fads and bad books say that or something like it. That if you just pray the right prayer in the right way and with enough faith, it will be yours. But that makes prayer into a gimmick. And something that you use to manipulate God and think that you have to manipulate God in order for your prayer to be heard, but that's not how it is with your heavenly Father. You are a baptized child of God in Christ Jesus. You are dearly loved. He has washed away your sins. You have a Father who loves you more than anyone on earth. And wants to do for you and give to you. You have a Savior who died for you. You don't have to manipulate Him in doing favors for you. Or to be good enough to have Him wish, grant your wishes. You can't anyway. But you don't need to. He's forgiven your sins, so you are already good. You have his fatherly love. You have his promise. So to pray in Jesus' name isn't a magic formula. It is to pray rather as Jesus would pray. As he did pray. With faith in his sonship and of your sonship in him. Now, God doesn't want spoiled brats who get everything they want and love him only because of what he gives. But he also doesn't want children who doubt his love and care. He wants sons and daughters who know him and trust him. Who come to him with any and every need, want, desire, and request. Asking him boldly and freely and confidently. Like dear children 
ask their dear father. But also knowing that he will always and only do what is best and good for them. And so so who don't get upset when the answer is different than we thought it would be or should be. Who trust, even if we don't understand. Now, our model for prayer like this, for prayer in Jesus' name to pray as he did, is the Garden of Gethsemane. As you probably remember, that night in the garden, Jesus was in great anguish with sweat like great drops of blood. And he prayed three times that the cup he was about to drink, the cup of wrath, and suffering and woe against the sin of the world be taken from him. Three times the answer was no. And then Jesus leaves the garden bound and under arrest. But he leaves trusting and strengthened Not because he got what he prayed for, but because he left it all in his Father's good and gracious hands. Whatever happened would be good and for good. Even the cross. So Jesus confidently asserts, as we heard today, I have overcome the world. Well, it certainly didn't look that way when he bowed his head and died. But he had. His resurrection proved it. He overcame sin and the world and death and the grave and Satan and hell, all of it. He overcame it all for you. And all because his father said no to his prayer. It had to be this way. And what didn't look good or feel good or seem good, God used for good. And so it is with your prayers too. Jesus has overcome the world, yes, but we're still living in it. In our own Gethsemanes, our own struggles, our own agonies. The disciples would be scattered, Jesus said, and they were. They would have tribulation, Jesus knew, and they did. They would endure the attacks and assaults of all who want nothing to do with Christ and his word and truth, enemies both seen and unseen. And not just the disciples then, but all since then. You too. And if not now, then you have in the past, or you will in the future. And so we turn to our Father at just such times, not just such times, but especially at just such times, as Jesus did, as Jesus told us to do. Not to saints or his mother. Or those who died and went before us. You don't need to do that. 
As the Father, Jesus said, our Father. So we do. We pray for all kinds of things in agony and joy, scared or secure, for ourselves and for others, and your Father loves it. He never tires of hearing your prayer. You are his baptized children. And when you do, even when he says no, like he did to Jesus in the garden, you are strengthened and you are trusting your Father to give and do what is best and right. You don't need a man of Macedonia. You live by faith. And that's better. For that doesn't depend on you and your faithfulness, how good you are, or how able you are to manipulate God into doing what you want. It depends on your Father and your Savior and on His faithfulness, on His words and promises, which will not let you down. For we know that if Jesus' prayer and then cross, led to the empty tomb, to resurrection and life, so too will the prayers we pray and the crosses we bear lead us to resurrection and life. The glorious life described in the reading from Revelation, when Gethsemane is no more, and there is only resurrection and life. So how do we do it? How do we pray in Jesus' name? How does His prayer become ours? Well, simply this. First, we breathe in Jesus' word, the scriptures. And then we breathe them out in prayer. You breathe in the word of Jesus and it works in you and forms you. It shapes your heart and your desires, and your thinking. So we pray for those things we need and want in this world. Yes, nothing wrong with that. Give us this day our daily bread, Jesus taught us to pray. But we also know that this world and its things are passing away. So if we don't get it, we live by faith. And who's to say we know God's answer anyway? We think we know. We think we know a lot of things. But perhaps our Father is working in ways we cannot see and do not know. And that one day we will be wonderfully surprised at the answer to that prayer. There's a great verse in Romans that says the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God because we don't know how to pray as we ought. So the Holy Spirit helps us. He intercedes for us. He's like a a translator according to the will of God. So maybe somebody hurts you. And when that happens, maybe you pray for God to hurt them back. To hurt the one who hurt you. That's what the old sinner man in us wants. Payback. Hurt for hurt. 
But the spirit knows that's not what the new saint man in us wants. So he intercedes. God, help her forgive. Give her life. That's what she meant. That's what she needs. Help her forgive the one who hurt her. And turn that other person to you in repentance for forgiveness too. So that night Jesus spoke these words. The disciples did indeed scatter and leave him alone as he said they would. But as Jesus also said, he was not alone. The Father was with him in the Spirit, even in his agony. And you are not alone. Whatever you are going through, you stand before the Father in the Spirit, through the Son, baptized and holy. And you pray, not to a God who is far, far away, but to your God, your Father who is near you and here for you. And your Father is pleased with you in your prayer. And you receive peace and joy. For even in a tough world, you are not alone. You are not forgotten. You're not on your own. And we don't only pray alone. We pray together, too, here. That's important, too. Not only do we pray for one another, we pray with one another. As our Father has brought us together here. We receive his gifts together. And as he speaks to us together, as he forgives us together, as he feeds us with the body and blood of his son. And so we can boldly and confidently pray just like Jesus and in his name. And whatever the answer, we trust, we are strengthened, and we rejoice. For the Father will answer our prayer and give us what we really asked for but didn't know how. And it will be good. So a man of Macedonia to tell us what to do? Nah. The Spirit has set you free to live. And God has given you his spirit to lead you and guide you, to intercede for you and pray for you, to care for you and be with you, to forgive you and keep you. Enjoy those gifts that he gives, the opportunities he lays before you, and pray. He'll answer. He'll see to it. He already has. And he's not going to stop. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.